0: Brethren, you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to our food and drink? Do we not have the right to be accompanied by a wife as the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit? Who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say this on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not speak entirely for our sake? It was written for our sake, because the plowman should plow in hope, and the thresher thresh in hope of a share in the crop. If we have sown spiritual good among you, is it too much if we reap your material benefits? If others share this rightful claim upon you, do not we still more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the God.
1: to you the reader
2: Accounts with his servants. When he began the reckoning, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents, and as he could not pay his Lord ordered him to be sold with his wife and children, and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant upon one of his fellow servants who had owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and besought him, Have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison till he should pay the debt. When his fellow servant saw that Lord summoned him and said to him, "You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you besought me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, Lord delivered him to the jailers till he should pay all his debt. So." Lord, forgive your brother from your heart.
1: Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Sunday, I'd like to talk about bodies again. It's a theme from last Sunday. Talked about how our bodies, we have so little control over them. Well, in the Gospel today, if you're listening closely, you might have heard him mention internal organs. You might be going, huh? When did that happen in the Gospel? Internal organs. Well, you see, there's this word, splachnia, and splachnia is compassion, and that word is rendered in this gospel the Lord had pity on him. But we hear that word splachnia, and we think splachna, spleen, this is where we get the word for spleen, and actually it has to do with our internal organs. So what does compassion have to do with internal organs, you might ask? Just ponder for a moment a time when you have had compassion upon someone, deep compassion. You see someone in pain and anguish. What happens is where the Greeks had it right. It wells up inside of you. You feel it gutturally when you have that deep compassion upon someone. And this is what we hear about in the gospel today. The Lord in the the parable is having this compassion upon this person. It's like we say in English, we say, My heart goes out to them. Think about that. My heart goes out to them. Well, in some sense, that is what happened. The Lord in this parable, He gave. He welled up inside of Him and He gave it out. What we say is, He forgave. Have you ever thought about that word, forgive? There's giving involved in that. That word comes from, well, originally from Latin. It's uh, perdonare, And then it turned into uh, German, they use the exact same idea. And they said vergeben. And then in English, forgive. And what that means is the preposition for means completely. So it comes from a verb meaning to completely Give. That's what forgiving is, is to completely give. We give of ourselves to those around us. And that giving of ourselves, there's a theological word for that that we use, it's kenosis. Maybe you've heard of this before. It's a self-emptying. So the self-emptying that we do, this is central to the act of forgiveness. So I'd like to pause and really talk about what this idea of kenosis is, because it is so central to our spiritual lives. So kenosis is a self-giving, and it's something that we have the example of our Lord doing. In the epistle to Philemon, uh, St. Paul says this. He says... Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he emptied himself. This is that word. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even to death on a cross. This is what kenosis is. This is what a self-emptying is. You Think of a glass. If each of our bodies are a glass. And what we're doing in our lives is pouring that out upon others. Giving completely of ourselves. Forgiving of ourselves. Why? Because this is exactly what our Lord did. Metropolitan Herotheos writes this about our Lord's kenosis. He says, The kenosis of Christ is not that he was born poor, that he came from a poor family, that he lived as a refugee and was persecuted. Rather, it's mainly because he assumed our human nature, indeed, with its mortality and sufferings. The uncreated God received created human nature, And the created was united with the uncreated. And this is what we call the kenosis of Christ. So God emptied himself out to take on what? All of our pain, all of our suffering, all of our sinfulness, to bear all of that. This is what our Lord did. And so Metropolitan Eurothius goes on to say, "...without kenosis there could not be its fulfillment, the deification of humanity." Think about that for a moment. We couldn't have eternal life unless God gave of Himself and took on human life. Now, because He did that, we do the opposite. What do we do? Toss away our fallen human nature and take on God. We fill ourselves up with God. And how do we do this? By giving. By forgiving. We'll get back to that in a moment. But just think of this, our body as this cup needs to be emptied out so that we can then fill up with God. Or rather, God can fill us up. And when he fills us up, our cup becomes far greater. And finally, what he says is, the divine kenosis shows us exactly what love is. Love is kenosis, a sacrifice, an offering. This is why the more someone is brightened and becomes divine, the more self-emptying they are. And vice versa. Those are his final words. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. So what's the opposite of that? The more self-loving a person is, the less that they have God in them. It's a very simple equation. The more self-emptying, the more God is in us. The more self-loving, the less that God is in us. And this is where we really get back to that uh, parable. And we see the contrast. And what a contrast there is. It's very clear these parallels between these two people. There's the Lord, the servant, and the other servant, the co-servant. So the Lord has this servant who owes him 10,000 talents. And we can talk about that. It's hundreds of millions of dollars in today's dollars. So it's a ridiculous amount of money that can never be repaid. And he says, oh Lord, I'll repay you. Give me some time. And what does the Lord do? He's owed that. He rightly deserves that. He pours out upon this servant. He says, your debts are forgiven. And so this servant then goes to one, someone who owes him a hundred denarii, which is like about three months of pay, and he says, give me what you owe. And that servant says the exact same lines, as, this, as though this wasn't clear enough to us. Be patient with me, give me time, and I will repay you. But he doesn't forgive. That servant does not forgive. And so that servant, who is unforgiving, he holds his cup tightly. He keeps to himself. The compassion does not well up in him. And so instead, he gets nothing. He receives nothing. The fact is that we are all debtors. This parable is for each and every one of us because we all know this parable well enough to know the Lord in the parable is God. We are the ones that owe a huge amount to him and we are the ones that are not forgiving of the small debts that others have towards us. And if we weren't sure about that, the word is the exact same when it says that He, uh, the the servant owed 10,000 talents, that word owed, Ophiletis, is the exact same word as trespass in the Lord's Prayer. We are debtors. That's why sometimes the translation of the Lord's Prayer is, Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us. It's exactly the same thing. This parable and the Lord's Prayer. Because you see, there is such a connection between our forgiveness and our ability to be forgiven by God. And it's not something where God is holding it against us, saying, well, if you don't forgive, then I'm not going to forgive you. Not at all. Our cup is full. Our cup is full of our own self-love. There's no room for God. And so God says, I can't give you the things I want to give you, which is eternal life, by the way, which is a life of blessedness in this life. I have nothing to give you. Why? Because you hold on to everything yourself. You don't give of yourself, and so you can't receive anything. It's not a punishment. Again, not receiving eternal life is not a punishment. It's the reward that we wanted. We wanted that reward, and if it's towards eternal life, that means we're giving of ourselves, and we receive. Or, we want the other thing. We want to love ourselves, we want to do things for ourselves, and God says, there's nothing I can do with that. So you can have what you want. You want self-love? This is what you get. And that's why the end of the gospel can sound quite harsh, but if we understand it in the right way, in fact, all the Lord is saying is, you're getting what what you really wanted. That's what you're receiving. So one of the greatest examples of kenosis is in the mother of God, in the Panagia. Motherhood is kenosis. There's no way around it. To be a mother means that you're constantly giving of yourself. We can do it willingly or unwillingly, but it's still giving of ourselves. Above all motherhood, there is the mother of God because she so willingly gave completely of herself. Completely. From the moment that the archangel Gabriel came to her and said and said this great news, she said, may it be done according to your word. She gave of herself. Whatever God wants to do with me, I am an empty cup. Fill me up. This is what she said. And this is the example for each of us. God, I am empty, fill me up. And this is what connects with last Sunday's homily, is that the way that we empty our cup is by doing those things, the prayer and the fasting. This is what builds up in us compassion, forgiveness, all of these ways of emptying our cup so that our Lord can then fill it. So as we know, this Wednesday is the great feast of the Dormition. Find time to come. If you are born and raised Orthodox, you know this is one of the most important days of the year. Like Pascha, like Christmas. This is it, this Wednesday. So if you can take an hour or two off of work and go in late so that you can be there for this feast day, please do. This is a blessed day. This is the day that we celebrate her entering into eternal life. The thing that she always desired to be with her son that she was robbed of at the cross, and that was her great anguish. She now receives that this Wednesday, so please come. We have vespers the night before, and then liturgy with Orthros and Arthoklasia on the day of. But most importantly, for the rest of our lives, let us empty ourselves. It's a delusion to think that keeping things to ourselves is a good thing. This is our self-love talking to us. I don't want to forgive. I don't want to give. I don't want to share. I don't want to give of myself, of my time, of my this, of my that. That's the voice of self-love. If we empty ourselves, God will fill it. We can be bold in that. If we empty ourselves, we can know that God will fill it. Let us all learn this word, kenosis, and learn to do it, self-emptying at all times and in all ways, so that we may be like the good servant that should have been in that story. The servant who said, yes, your debt, don't worry about it. As a final note, in the Lord's Prayer, the verb is in the command voice. What do I mean by that? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We're not saying, God, can you please give us our daily bread? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We're commanding God every time we say that prayer. And what are we commanding Him to do? Don't forgive me any more than I forgive other people. That's what we're saying in the prayer. We're saying to God, forgive us our trespasses as much as we forgive others. So every time we say that prayer, we're asking God to do what is a terrifying thing. Only forgive us as much as we forgive others. This is our example. This is why our Lord has given us this prayer. And every time we say this prayer, let us remember, we're commanding this of our Lord. We're also asking Him to keep deliver us from temptation. Many things, but we are asking Him to forgive us in the way that we forgive others. So may we be bold in our forgiveness. Amen.